0: Love Talk Radio. Ah, you know what time it is? Time to hang here with Mr. Cool, we Mr. Cool Mr. Cool Mr. Cool ladies from Mr. Cool from Mr. Cool Mr. Cool, we Mr. Cool with Mr. Cool Mr. Cool from Mr. Cool from
1: Welcome to the Bit Scoop with Coop. I'm your host, Coop. Season four is still going strong, guys. It's coming to an end soon, probably about two or three more episodes. And that will be the end of season four. But don't fret, season five will be coming real soon, guys. So um, today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a guest that is doing big things. I mean, really big things um, far as it goes for the television industry and the movie industry. But we're going to talk about what he's got going on in a second. Um, first, just to let you know. Make sure you go to the website www.thebigscoopwithcoop.com where you can actually catch episodes from season one all the way up to now. Also, excuse me, Also, make sure you can catch me live on blog talk radio forward slash thebigscoopwithcoop. Make sure you tell all your family, your friends, your associates, your haters, it doesn't matter. Tell them all to tune in. Um, you can find me also on Twitter at MCOOP317, Instagram, the same thing. And we are also live right now on Facebook. What's going on, Facebook? Family and friends. Um, tell them to go to Facebook.com forward slash Scoop. Also, YouTube. We're live streaming on YouTube worldwide. But enough about me. Um, once again, my guest today, he is actually on A&E, The Killing Season. He is actually doing big things on that show. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Josh Zeman. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, sir. How are you?
1: Hey, doing great. to yourself?
0: Not bad. Excited to speak to you today.
1: All right. How's your day so far?
0: Been pretty good. Uh, just doing a lot of, uh, you know, we just had our Hamptons premiere of uh, the killing season, uh, which is going to come out on November 5th, so... Uh, We were at the Hamptons this weekend, uh, had a big article come out in Newsday about the case, um, and uh, looking forward to uh, doing a lot of press and publicity for it. Nice. Very nice.
1: Um, Also, Josh, before we even start the show, I do got to give a big shout out um, to my city and state. Of course, you know about Hurricane Matthew. It hit North Carolina, hit my city, also surrounding cities, so everyone that's out there, make sure You stay safe and be safe. If you need to go to a shelter, find one, Um, food, anything. Do what you have to do to survive out there. I'll be praying for all of you. All right. Now, Josh, on this show, we always talk about how you started in your career, your success, give advice on how to get into your career, and much more. So, Josh, when did you first realize that you wanted to become a filmmaker? Uh,
0: That's a good question. Uh, I guess kind of pretty early on. I was lucky in that I uh, kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, sh- didn't, I ended up kind of jumping in the business pretty early. Um, you know, all those internships we hear about. I, uh, I went and picked up, like, one of those uh, uh, varieties, you know, because in the back of variety, basically, they tell you everything that's shooting. And so I picked up one of those, I drove out to Los Angeles, and I would just knock on doors of uh, production companies and say, you know, I'm here. Let's get started. Oh, wow.
1: Hey, why not? That's the best way to do it anyway. If you knock on doors, you can make yourself known and make yourself seen. So that's a good thing. Congratulations on that, and I'm glad that you didn't give up on that neither because you see where it took you to.
0: I don't think what a lot of people understand is that, you know, people are busy, right? They're wicked busy. Mm -hmm. And so especially like the film industry, it's like they just want like a warm body to like throw at a problem. So if you show up at the door and be like, I can do this, just give it to me, like they'll be like, what's your name? You? Hey, go do this. You know, and so it's a lot of just like kind of – being at the right place at the right time, but, you know, nobody's going to hand it to you. you got to go out there and you just got to ask. That's
1: true. That's very true. And also you do, and just to add on to what you just said, you do have to put your work in at the same time. So when you said you knock on that door, they're going to ask you, who are you? Go do this. And, I mean, you have to bring your A game every time. Everyone is listening worldwide right now. When you're trying to get into this business, bring your A game because if you don't, After that one chance and that one shot, you never know. Will you ever get another chance again? And Josh has proven that he actually has his skills on lock. He's doing his thing, and he's actually doing big things. So, Josh, once again, congratulations on what you've done, how you started, and where you're actually getting to already. So, congratulations. Yes. Um, Now, after we heard about you knocking on doors, you know, you're putting your name out there, you're making yourself known. Um, what type of hurdles and obstacles did you have to go through to get to the success that you actually have received today?
0: Uh, <laughs> first of all, it never ends, it feels like. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, I'm the director. Why am I driving this car around? Or why am I doing this? But, uh, you know, I think, like, that's a big myth a lot of people like to put out there that suddenly, you know, you're not – you know that once you've reached some kind of pinnacle, you're not going to have to keep doing the work, but you do. I mean, I find it never gets easier, and so um, you know, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, <clears throat> and then I don't know. You know, a, a lot of trying to, again, be in the right place at the right time. You know, not coming out with it too early as well. You know, you right. gotta. You, you know, that's a lot of people you know like I, like i don't want to know about your film projects that you have going on in the background until you've shown me that you know how to work on my film you know and and then when you've done that when you've proven that you can do it and that you know you're trustworthy and that you're smart then i want to know about what you got going on cuz then i want to help you you know right uh, so and a lot of it a lot of it was just continuing to work hard, never giving mm-hmm. up, you know, and, and, and knowing when the right time is,
1: you know, that's true. And, and, you know, Josh, I think a lot of people that's listening worldwide right now, they feel that, you know, just because they can pick up an iPhone and hit the record button, they can handle <laughs> a $20,000 piece of equipment as far as it goes for a camera at the same time. And I, I tell people before, it's good that you're, you know, you're using what you can to make movies, but at the same time, hitting the record button on a phone compared to hitting the record button on a $20,000 camera or more, or $120,000 piece of equipment, is, is two different monsters. And, you know, that's good that you can do one thing, but you're right, as a filmmaker, your name and reputation is on the line. So, you know, you have to bring your A-game to work for you at the same time. So... I'm glad that you have that good eye out there. You know, you're not letting just any Tom, Dick, and Harry just grab your equipment and and start shooting and having your name in the crick. So, yeah, I yes.
0: Mean, it's true. You know, the one of the great things about, you know, the film industry is that, you know, almost anybody can do anything these days. But that's a, mm-hmm. a downside to it, too, which means that, like, there's a lot of crap out there. So you have to, you know, really work and hone your craft, you know. You gotta practice. You gotta you know, you gotta work with people on the weekends, you know, on their on their shorts, you know. They gotta work with you. Like it it, it, it it's a whole the the other thing is, you know, it's a whole it's a lifestyle. You know, that's the other thing you have to realize. Like you gotta make a lot of sacrifices. I think uh Lee Daniels actually said it, the guy who did Precious. He was like, right. family, I don't. and this is rough, like, this is getting into some crazy territory. He's like, family, I don't care about family. I don't care about friends. I don't care about any of that. All I care about is making, you know, this, telling the stories that I want to tell. And people were like, whoa. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's crazy to say you don't care about family. But like, but I understand what he was saying. He was like, you know, if your friends want to go out on a Friday night and you're at home, you know, that's, sorry, you know, but that's just the situation, you know, so you got to make a lot of sacrifices. It's not, you know, unfortunately, the media, you know, they like to put out that it's just all like fun and games, you know, but it's not, you know, it's, it's hard.
1: It's true. Very true. And I, and I think a lot of people think that the television industry and the movie industry is, they think it's the typical eight to five weekends off. And it really isn't because. (laughs) And and Josh, uh, bat me up on this what I'm about to say. I guarantee you you heard people on a Sunday say, hey, I got this great idea and I can do this and I can do that for you. It it never ends. It never ends for anyone that's in the industry. Regardless if you're a filmmaker, producer, yeah. So, uh, this is a 24-7 job and I don't know when you actually get your sleep, Josh. I congratulate you on getting sleep on what you do also. So, Good job on that. Now
0: yeah, uh um, I think we were talking the other day, someone was like, you know, someone was joking that we would take Columbus Day off. You know, and it's like, what are you kidding me? Oh wow <laughs> <laughs> What's what Columbus that? Day? Exactly. What is that? <laughs>
1: exactly. Is that another name for Tuesday? I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're definitely right on that. Now, um, now, we, we heard about how you started and everything. Now, I do want to talk about one movie that, you know, you actually touched and you did big things for. Um, that's what I actually called The Station Agent. Now, mm-hmm. can you tell everybody about that movie and the awards that actually won um, for this movie so people can see how hard work actually pays
0: off? That was uh, Tom McCarthy's first movie. It was uh, a tiny, tiny, tiny low-budget film that we did, like, in the middle of New Jersey. And everybody just kind of came together and worked for, like, no money. I remember somebody told me... I was a sucker. They told me it was in August, and they're like, come out to New Jersey for a vacation, <laughs> which is a total what? lie. Uh, and I I didn't really <laughs> believe them, but, like, you believe them, I was like, really? New Jersey in August for a vacation? And, uh... But, uh... So this is a movie Tom McCarthy did. It starred uh, Peter Dinklage, um, the guy on Game of Thrones, and uh, Bobby Cannavale, who's on vinyl, and Patricia Clarkson, and then the director, Tom McCarthy, who went on to do Spotlight, which just won Best Picture. So this was a while ago, 2006 maybe, and the film, we won Sundance, and uh, we... I think he got a SAG award, a whole bunch of uh, uh, Spirit Awards, and uh, it was just a real pleasure to work on. You know, sometimes you work on a project with a group of people and it all just comes together, you know? And uh, one of the reasons why it came together is because Tom did his homework. You know, he uh, knew Peter, he knew Bobby, and they rehearsed that, those parts. Mm -hmm for weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand. I mean, there wasn't any getting in front of a camera. It was just complete rehearsal. And so by the time they got in front of the camera, they knew exactly what they were doing, you know? And, and it shows. The movie's hysterical, you know? And that, um, That's true. It, it, it's just a real nice movie. And it also goes to prove that, like, movies don't need to be about, you know, huge things. I mean, this is about... Right literally, right? Because it's about Peter, He's a dwarf, you know? And it's about friendship. And, you know, who knew you could make a movie that was so emotional and satisfying and about friends, you know, with just, you know, at a little train station in New Jersey. And uh, that movie, everybody continues to this day to talk about that movie. And think of the careers that that movie has launched.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, Peter, uh, yeah.
0: Peter Dinklage, Bobby Cannavale, those guys are huge, you know, so it it was a real pleasure, and uh, it was real nice to see how sometimes art, you know, can kind of like, everything works, like the timing works, you know, and that that was it.
1: Now, do you still stay in contact with any of the people from um, from the station agent?
0: I do, I see them all the time. People walking down the street. Josh, hey, what's going on? You know, actually, that's Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, Josh, hey, you know, going walking down the street. Yeah. But I, I, I do. I see him all the time, and and <clears throat> I called Tom and asked him a question about a screenplay that I had when he was writing Spotlight. You know, so you know, it's a small inter, it's a small um, industry, a very small industry. You know, right. And uh, that's something a lot of people also don't realize. You can't be talking a lot of. Uh, Yes, about a lot of people because it's a small industry and um, circle around. It's good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know. mm-hmm. You're right. Now, Josh, um, people that listening worldwide right now, um, I'm going to give you another piece of proof how, how Josh starts, how he started as you heard in the beginning and how he worked and worked. And what I'm about to talk about next with Josh, you'll see what I'm talking about as far as it goes for hard work, pays off. Now, Josh, I want you to tell everybody um, how excited you were when you actually received the opportunity to work on that A&E, A&E television, <laughs> A&E hit, The Killing Season. Tell everybody about yeah. it. It's not for big
0: it. So I think uh, we worked for about two months kind of putting, something, putting a uh, trailer together. And uh, Mm -hmm. we ended up uh, hooking up with Alex Gibney, the guy who did Taxi to the Dark Side, the Scientology Doc, and all these other great projects. And uh, we ended up selling uh, a show to Amy about, um, you know, this unsolved serial murders in Long Island. And what I could, you know, kind of to your point, there is a – right above my desk, there is a uh, a sign, a framed picture that says – those who work hard get lucky. And uh, we always would, we, we would talk about that, like, while we were doing it. And so it's true, you know. It seems like it's getting lucky, but it's not. You know, I worked – I was going to do that film as a uh, narrative film, and it ended up being a TV series, and uh, it took us four years. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's one thing I didn't know right there, Josh. I didn't know it took four years. So I just learned something new off of this one. I
0: wow. had a previous to the film called Cropsy that took um, eight years. Ooh. Yeah. And So it's a long, long time.
1: Now, at any point of time, did you ever feel like that you wanted to give up? <laughs>
0: Every day. It was. It was tough too. It was. It was. You know, at least during the eight during the eight year process, like I had done a it was a it was it was a horror documentary, and so mm-hmm. like what's a horror documentary? What the hell does that mean? But it it means like it's a documentary that like tries to tell a spooky story about real stuff, and right. the thing was is is nobody knew what that was. Nobody could you couldn't put it in a box. You couldn't classify it, and so I think a lot of people just kind of, they didn't know what it was when I was pitching it, and so you know, by the end of it they were like, oh, you know, Cropsy is one of the first horror documentaries out there, but when I was pitching it and when I was doing it, nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. And I definitely wanted to quit, but at some point it became, you know, your white elephant, you know? Like, if you don't finish it, you'll never be able to look at yourself in the mirror for the rest of your life. Mm. And I'm saying it'll haunt you. It totally, you know. If I didn't finish that, I would not be able to look at myself, you know. And you know that wasn't the first movie I had done as a director. The first one I had done as a director, it, that one, you know, kind of didn't even come out really. But that was like film school. But like this one, it, it just took a hell of a long time.
1: I definitely get you. I definitely get you. Now. um you know how you were saying it took so long for the movies to come out and or the shows to mm-hmm. come out and the movies to come out and everything. Now, um, I, I kind of want to sidetrack on this one for a second because I'm just wondering, did this help you out any as far as it goes for social media? And if it did, how important is it to you for social media in the movie and television industry?
0: That, that's an excellent question. So, a lot of people, and, and this is something I struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. You can either talk about making a movie or you can make a movie, okay? And social media is good as a way to connect with your audience and to figure out what your audience is. But I find a lot of people spend a little bit much, too much time talking about what they want to do and actually doing it. And it's about ego because if I tell you about it, it seems a little bit more real and you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. I love that. That's great. Blah, blah, blah. You know? And so your ego gets a little bit of boost, but the harder part is, is is just going in and making it. So I, I just find too many people overuse social media rather than actually doing the work. The amount of time that you could spend per day doing that, you know, is, you know, you have to stop with the social media if you want to actually make the movie now. On the other side of the coin, in this day and age, social media is very important. People get reality shows based upon the amount of social media that they have. So we are a culture that rewards our influence, but you've got to find a way to level it out. And you've got to find – the social media is good after you finish it, not before you finish it, after you finish it.
1: You I see where you coming kind from. Of so basically for you, social media will be best as far as it goes for the promotional side
0: um, after exactly.
1: everything is said and done. Yeah. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, if listening worldwide. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
0: No, no. You know, and to get a couple ideas when you're starting, but there's too many people who just, they don't ever start. They just talk. Right.
1: I get you. I definitely get you. Um everybody that's listening worldwide right now on blog talk radio facebook youtube um like Josh said, you know it's good for a promotional part, far as it goes for you know promoting your product, getting it out there, but don't always a hundred percent one hundred percent depend on social media to get you there now that's true what Josh said, far as it goes for, a lot of reality shows are starting up um on social media, there's um, um, the HBO special that came out um, insecure. I, wait, it may not be insecure. I apologize. Um, but it, it's another one that came out. That social media started up. But everyone would not always get that same lucky break, as far as it goes for social media, all the way up to fame. So put your work in, get it out there, use social media, but don't 100% depend on social media. Now, um, on the same flip side, Josh, how can people find you on social media? Uh,
0: they can find me on Twitter, uh, Josh Zeman, J O S H Z E M A N. That's my Twitter, and they can find me on Facebook, um, and they can go to the Cropsy site, C R O P S E Y, uh, and that's where you hear all about what we're doing with uh, the Killing Season, our new show, and um, and where are you guys located? Where are you located? I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina. Wow. Yes. I think you had some unsolved serial yep. murders in North Carolina a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, boy.
1: Don't tell me that. <laughs> sure. Please don't tell
0: me that.
1: <laughs> i wearing a rearview mirror in front of my face. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, you know, and bring the show around here, seriously, because you never know what you will find regardless of what state you're in, you know. There's always someone hiding. and I'm not trying to scare anybody out there, but, you know, the truth is the truth. So, yep. um, and, and talking about that, Josh, what is your personal opinion about, and I'm not sure if you heard about it, but, you know, around North Carolina, South Carolina, and a few other states, these clown sightings. Have you heard about that?
0: <laughs> so I did a movie, I did a documentary a couple of years ago um, mm-hmm. called Killer Legends. You can see Killer Legends, and you can see Cropsey on Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, everywhere, right? So I did this show called Killer Legends two years ago. Go check it out. It's on Hulu. And in it, you will see a whole section on Phantom Clown Scares, which is exactly what's going on right now. And, you know, it's been going on since the 1980s that this is happening. Now, this was before Stephen King's It. This was before Poltergeist. And it, really? Before the internet, and it, it was crazy because you had sightings of clowns in the projects of Chicago. That's actually where we went, and then you had clown sightings in like Scotland. And the question was, is how did these kind of clown sightings happen pre-internet? And nobody really quite understands. But what we do know is that these clown sightings are—they're they're probably not. Before, they didn't really happen, but now we've got people who are actually think it's funny and they actually are dressing up as clowns and going to freak people out. And on the show, we did that, and it was amazing to see some real hardcore ballers in Chicago. Like, hardcore. When we drove up and down the street with a clown, they got freaked out. You know, that's not funny. (laughs) So, clowns Clowns freak people out No matter who you are, where you are What nationality, race, tree, color None of that matters Clowns freak right. you out Now, the question is Why is it happening now? Like, we've had clown scares In Staten Island, New York We've had clown scares All over the place A lot of people say these current clown scares Started in North Carolina Is that true? Right?
1: That, that's what I'm saying
0: that's what they're saying. So, mm-hmm. why? And we've had clown scares two years ago in Staten Island and, and a couple of years ago in England. But why is it? Why now? Like, is it just because it's close to Halloween? No. Is it just because of the internet? No, we had the internet before. Why is yep. it happening now?
1: I'm going to ask you that question. And you know what? And I'm going to give you my honest answer. Please. I don't. No. I, I really don't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I've been okay. trying to pinpoint that part. Where. I'll why tell you. now? Okay. Okay.
0: So listen. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I'll just tell everybody, listen worldwide. Cause we about to get an answer to this.
0: Right. So, so again, this happened where it happened before when there was the internet and it happened in Halloween and all this happened before, but for some reason right now, it's gone like wildfire and people have picked it up and everybody's seeing it and cops are freaking out and everybody's freaking out. And I'll tell you, this may not be too popular with some people, but, it, you know, it's all about the Joker, Batman and the Joker. And it's all about the fact, because the Joker basically has is like the top of the killer clown, as we know it. He, he's the guy in our society who everybody fears. And it happened with Heath Ledger and he's become like, you know, the most famous of the evil clowns. And if you watch the Batman movies, Heath Ledger, uh, that Joker, was all about chaos. And it was all about upending society. And it was all about kind of freaking society out and pushing them and prodding them and, and, and getting them to turn on each other. And I think it's politics. I think that's what ha- what's happening now with politics. There's a lot of fear-mongering out there. There's a lot of people who are telling us that, you know, immigrants are a problem. There's a lot of people who are telling us about the other, fear the other. And, you know, you've got a presidential candidate who is will, is saying, don't pay taxes and hang out with the Russians. Like, like, are you kidding me? Don't pay taxes and hang out with the Russians. Like, <laughs> you know, nobody says that. You know what I'm saying? That's like some of the foundations of the United States here. So you've got a guy who's pressing a lot of buttons, and he's like kind of fear mongering, and I think that's why this fear of clowns has really taken off. It's about chaos, and it's about panic, and it's about scaring people. Wow,
1: wow! I never thought of it from that perspective, right there. I really didn't. Um, and you know, I'm I'm not go I'm not gonna go there with the politics part about
0: how <laughs> politi-
1: clowns will. We'll put that together, but you said it. You said it real well, and I will leave it right there on that one. So I will leave those yeah, clowns alone. Yeah. And, and I'm,
0: not, so. I'm not saying one versus the other. I'm just saying why it's happening. Yeah. Remember that like urban legends, like clowns, it's all about what the anxiety is of the country at the moment it becomes popular, and that's right. – our anxiety is definitely about what's going on politically. Now, interestingly enough – You guys in in Halifax County, North Carolina, you do have a kind of semi-unsolved serial killer case, which is the the Seven Bridges Killer uh, in Edgecombe County. Are are you familiar with that case? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and and that is very much like the show that I'm doing um, that looks at the Long Island serial killer case. In Long Island, uh, there we had uh, 10 sex workers whose bodies were found along a desolate highway. Uh, A lot of them marginalized women, a lot of drugs and all that stuff. And um, looking at that case, we found a whole bunch of unsolved serial cases of sex workers around the country. One of the cases that we looked at that we were actually going to talk about was um, the Seven Bridges Killer because – Uh, you know, it's very similar. You had sex workers, you had a lot of drugs, same thing, you know, and that's what's happening is these killers in this day and age, they're not going after, you know, moms and soccer moms and stuff like that. You know, they're going after sex workers whose jobs it is to stay underneath the radar and who are trying to kind of feed a habit. And so they become the perfect victim. And as a result, and unfortunately, um, those people are very much under the radar of, uh, the local police. And so as a result, you know, it's about broken systems, folks, you know, that's how it happens. And, uh, so very kind of similar in, in what's going on, uh, to what you guys were experiencing a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, just be careful out there, um, at the same time, make sure you do go check out A&E's Hit the Killing Season. Like I said, Josh is doing big things, guys. Um, but at the same time, be safe and, and leave this to the professionals. That Just because you're hearing Josh yeah. giving this information out that's true, that don't mean go out there and try to look for serial killers. Leave it to the people no, that no, know no. it. Did. So make yeah. sure you do that. Well, we're guys.
0: talking We're talking about – what I think we're talking about is awareness, you know what I'm right. saying, and realizing right. that – that, you know, it's called situational awareness, you know, and, and and also realizing that, you know, another trend that we're seeing is a lot of people are using Backpage and Craigslist, uh, and, you know, especially when it comes to sex and, you know, you might think because you're on Backpage and because you're just going into the Holiday and up the street, that somehow it's safer. But talking to a lot of the girls out there, what we're finding out is that the Internet in this crazy way makes things more anonymous. And, you know, it used to be that you'd go look in a car and you could see who you were dealing with, feel them out, you know, is this guy crazy right. or not. And, and, and that's not how it is anymore. Now, you know, when you make the deal, you know, on the phone via Craigslist, like the deed is done. Like when you knock on the door – and you open up that hotel room, you know, there's no turning back. You know, you're, it's like you're already in the car, you know what I'm saying? So be careful out there.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. Everybody, make sure you do take that advice. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Um, I can't stress that enough also, so make sure you do be careful. Um, now, Josh, are there any future projects that um, you're working on that you're allowed to speak about right now?
0: Uh, so, well, hoping we're going to get a second season of The Killing Season, uh, and yeah. um, we're, we're hoping that. And then what's the next thing? Well, I am working on a documentary uh, about a whale, if you can believe it or not. It's about a whale that calls out at a frequency that no other whale can theoretically hear. And so they call this whale the loneliest whale in the world, and we've been going out on these expeditions to try and go find this whale.
1: Okay, nice. <laughs> when is um, have you have you started on that already, or are you almost close to yep. the
0: end, or okay? No, I've been doing that one for about five years, and uh, we again that's taken a heck of a long time, and uh, hopefully we're going to be done with that one pretty soon, and and that'll be coming out soon. Okay,
1: all right. Congratulations on that. Now, Thanks, sir. Josh, what is your? Thanks, oh yes, sir. Now, what is your ultimate goal as a filmmaker?
0: Well, well, you know, I I mean, that's a good question. You know, look, you know, we have we all have a responsibility as we've all been given this great gift, right? To be able to right. make a movie, sing a song, write something, do anything. And with that gift, if you have a gift where people will listen to what you have to say, then mm-hmm. you owe it to everybody to say the right thing. You owe it to everybody to educate and to spark change. You know, because uh, you know the system isn't going to do it for you. You know, that's what you have to do as an artist. You know, or or even you know, it doesn't matter who you are. So for me, it's an act of social change. It's educating people, not in a way that. Feels preachy, just in a way that says, "Hey, I want to tell you about something. I want to tell you that, you know, it's dangerous out there. I want to tell you, you know, that that people aren't paying attention to the right things. Or I want to tell you that, you know, we need we need to pay more attention to our oceans or the sex workers. Or it doesn't matter, you know. But the point being is, you can't take that power for granted, and and that's what I, upsets me a lot. Like." It upsets me that people aren't out there trying to help each other. That's the golden rule. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about how much mm-hmm. money you have. It's not about any of that other stuff. It's about how can you help your fellow human being and how can you educate them? right. Hey, and that's, that's true. That's what you're doing. That, you know, like what you're doing is great. You're telling people, I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to bring people on the show. You know, I'm going to do all this stuff. But you remember, this is what you need to do. Like, everybody needs to do that, you know? That's
1: what everybody should be You're right, be doing. You're right. And, and thank you for that. You're right, Josh. Thank you. And, I mean, like I said before, you're doing big things, and people are hearing about you, um, your fans that are listening now, and the people is getting introduced to you for the first time are learning about you. So, trust me, everybody, once again, make sure you go find Josh on social media, look at his his past work, Make sure make sure you go and, um, and get, as far as it goes for A&E Killing Season, make sure you check all of this out. This is something that um, you do not want to miss because, once again, Josh is doing big things, and you want to continue for everything that he's doing. Make sure you follow Absolutely. him and all the time.
0: Check, check out um, Killer Legends on Netflix or Hulu. Check out Propsy. C-R-O-P-S-E-Y on Netflix and Hulu. And then on November 5th, check out The Killing Season
1: on Amy. Nice. Everybody, make sure you do go check all of this out because like I said, this is someone that you want to make sure that you do stay in connection with because once again, Josh is doing big things and his career is nowhere close to being over. So make sure (laughs) you do it.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Yes, sir. Um, one last thing. I know you're a busy man, so I'm not going to keep you. Um, I'm not going to hold you up much longer. But um, what advice would you give any male or female that wants to um, that wants to become a filmmaker in the industry?
0: Uh, <clears throat> write about what you know, or 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 make something about what you know. Like that's like the first piece of advice that everybody says. Like. You know, like write about what you know, write about the town you live in, write about your family, write about what you can speak truthfully about, you know, and and because when you start out truthfully, people know that audiences know that audiences can see truth really easily. And so it's important to be real and it's important to be truthful and tell your own stories, not other people.
1: So true. So true. Everyone, um, I just want to say thank you, Josh, for, you know, taking your your precious time for coming on the show and using your valuable time for actually, um, you know, educating the world for everything. So I want to say thank you once again. Josh, I would love to have you back on the show in the future.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. I would love to be back.
1: All right. Everyone, make sure you do have a great night. You heard it here first on the Bit Scoop with Coop. Until next time, people.